services. Get in on it. If you don't, you're going to miss a blessing. I'll guarantee it to you. So come and get in on it. Can you say amen? amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you for your holy written word that as it goes forth, it'll be a blessing to all those that will hear it, believe it, receive it, and consistently act upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus, the third chapter and the first verse. Exodus, the third chapter and the first verse, if you would. Now, Moses, anybody ever hear of Moses? You ever heard of him? He was tending the flock of Jethro. That was his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. I mean, he, he was interested. It was burning, but it wasn't, con- it wasn't burning up. It wasn't being consumed. And then, of course, as he approaches the bush and the Lord, you know, tells him to take his shoes off. He's standing on holy ground. And then God gives Moses his assignment to go to the children of Israel and then ultimately to Pharaoh. And and declare that Pharaoh needed to leave the people of God go from the Egyptian bondage. And then in verse 13, Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say that, say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, God, as you study the Bible, how many of you know there's one God manifested in three distinct persons, the father, the son, who is the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, there is one God manifested in three persons, uh, but God has many names. You see that as you study the Bible, many, many names. A name is, 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 is that by which we identify a person by what they do. And, you know, God has many names. Jehovah Jireh means provider. He's a provider. Is that right? Jehovah Rapha, healer. He's known as Jehovah Rapha, one of his many names, because he's a healer. Is that right? So, so many different names. Uh, but here Moses wanted to know his name and God gave Moses one of his names and he says, I am, I am. Now that's an interesting name, isn't it? I am, I am. Now, when you get into studying this name of God, I am, and you go into the Hebrew the ancient Hebrew, and I look at it, there's no way I can, I don't, I can't read it. I don't read Hebrew. Does anybody in here read Hebrew? I, I don't. And so as I look at it in the Hebrew, I, the name of God, I can't, I can't read it, much less pronounce it. So of course, what we've done is we've, we've done the best that we've, we can with this name of God to, uh, put it into the English language. And, uh, 
you need to realize the Hebrew has no vowels. No vowels. Anybody remember their vowels? A-E-I-O-N-U. Anybody watch Pat Sajak and Vanna? Are they still on there? So you should know your vowels by now. But the ancient Hebrew has no vowels. So the best we can do with the name I am is in the, in the English, Y-H-W-H. Y-H-W-H. Now you try pronouncing that sometime. I mean, that'll curl uh, Pat Sajak's hair on his head trying to say that. Y-H-W-H. Now, the letters themselves, Y-H-W-H, does anybody know who Pat Sajak is, or are you just, okay, okay. All right, Y-H-W-H, the letters themselves, Yod, the, the Y, Yod, and then the H, Hey, is how we pronounce it, Yod, Hey, Bob, Hey. That's, that's about as close as you could, could come, is just pronouncing each of the Hebrew Letters as it would be translated into in into you know we in English Y H W H but in the Hebrew it'd be be Yad Hey Bob Hey it'd be about as good as you could do, but the thing is no one really is sure how to pronounce this name of God. I am is how it comes into the English. I am I am who I am, but nobody is really sure how to pronounce it. And really, other than yad Hey vav Hey, the best we can do is Yahweh. You've heard that, right? Yahweh. That's about as good as we can do. But it's interesting, as I've studied more into this, the name of God I Am, the, about the only way that it can accurately be pronounced is when a person breathes. That's about as close as you can get to pronouncing God's name. And it makes perfect sense to me, though, if you think about it, because God formed man of the dust of the ground. Is that right? In the Garden of Eden. And then what did God do? He breathed into him what? The breath of life. And man became a living being. Is that right? When God breathed into him. So every time a human being breathes, we're essentially pronouncing this name of God, I am. You know, it's interesting, the atheist, you know, an atheist says there is no God. An atheist has to pronounce God's name to deny that he exists. Did you ever think about that? Well, think about that. That'll catch up to you on the way home. That's pretty good, don't you think? But when we breathe, that's essentially pronouncing this name I am. I am who I am. If you got into translating to what it actually means, this is about as good as you can do. It's hard to define God. Did you know that? I said it's hard to define him. You can't really do it. He's infinite. He's almighty. He's all powerful. And you know what? I never get into a debate with anybody whether or not God exists. And God doesn't either. In the beginning, God. That's how the Bible starts. God never goes out of his way to prove that he exists to anybody. Anybody that doesn't think he exists is a fool. Doesn't the Bible say, say, say that? That the person says in his heart there is no God is a fool. Is that right? Is, is that correct? Why do you want to debate and argue with a fool? Is that right? So, I don't, I don't debate it anymore. But this name, I am who I am, yad heh vav as we breathe, it means this. He who will be is. He who will be is. He who will be is. The eternally existing one. That is one of the names of God. Now notice 
If you would, in John the 8th chapter, John the 8th chapter, Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, who is God, God made flesh. Is that right? How many of you believe that? Jesus is God made flesh. Oh yeah, you have to believe that to get into heaven. You don't get into heaven without believing that. Do you understand that? You understand that? Okay. We'll say more about that as we go. But Jesus was... uh, The Pharisees had got on him, the religious people of the day. And they were talking to Jesus about some things and debating with Jesus and going on. And the subject of Abraham came up. Anybody remember who Abraham is? The patriarch? And they asked Jesus in the process of time, we won't go through it all for the sake of time, but they asked Jesus, who do you think you are? Who do you, they asked Jesus, who do you think you are? And in John 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, what's those next two words? Before Abraham was what? He said, before Abraham was, I am. Now, we talked about I am here today. Jesus essentially was declaring himself as God. And the Pharisees, these religious people, they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Because they understood That when you talk about I am, you're talking about God because they understood that God appeared to Moses in that burning bush. And Moses asked him who his name was. And he said, I am, I am that I am. And so it upset the religious people. Because they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. He was declaring himself to be the son of God, the Christ, the Messiah, very God in the flesh. And. You need to realize something about the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't ever forget this. He either is who he said he was, or he's a maniac blasphemer. You need to realize that. He either is who he said he was, or he's a maniac blasphemer. Now, I don't believe Jesus is a maniac blasphemer. I believe Jesus is who he said he was. And when he said, I am, that upset the cart, the, 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 the fruit basket. They got all upset. And you need to understand this. Whenever Jesus is declared as the I am, one of two things happens. Either people get all upset and they reject it, or people say, yes, Lord, I believe you are the great I am. How many of you in here today believe that he is the great I am? I I, I believe that. But now notice here in verse 59, when he said this to these religious people, they took up stones to throw at him. Imagine that. Jesus declared himself as I am. He said, I am. And they took up stones to throw at him. See, it upset them. But Jesus hid himself, went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. But you need to realize that whenever Jesus declares himself as I am, one of two things typically happens. Either people pick up stones and get all upset, or they accept it. We'll see this more as we go. Now, notice in John, the sixth chapter... This was not the only time Jesus declared himself as I am. Notice in John 6.34. Jesus said to them, he said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never, never hunger. And he who believes in me 
shall never thirst. So he am the bread of life. Say bread of life. And the Bible says in another place, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many has ever tasted of that bread and found it to be good? Oh, yeah. And then in John 8, 12, turn there. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you want light in your life, hook up with the great I am. Hook up with Jesus and he'll bring light into your life. Then in John, the 10th chapter and the 9th verse. John, the 10th chapter, the 9th verse, he said, Jesus said this, I am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. See, you have to enter that door to be saved. You have to enter that door to be saved. I'll say it again. You have to enter that door. The door. Jesus is the door. I am the door. If you want to miss hell and make heaven, you got to go through the door. you got to go through Jesus. Ain't no other way in. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture, find rest. Then he says, the thief, how many know who the thief is? That would be the devil. Is that right? The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Really, it's so simple. If something is killing, stealing, or destroying, the devil's behind it. Is that right? And so he said here, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come. I like the way that that's in the New King James. I have come. But the King James said, I am. Realize, say, I am. She said, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. See, the I am, Jesus, has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. If you want to have life, if you want to have abundant life, hook up with the I am, that's Jesus, and then you'll have life. You'll not only have life, but you'll have it more abundantly. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Then in the 11th verse, look right there in the 11th verse, he said, I am, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And you need to realize Jesus came as the great I am, the the great shepherd. He gave his life for you and for me on Calvary. Is that right? And then notice in chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus said to her, that's Martha. How many remember Mary and Martha? You know, they were sisters. They had a brother. Anybody remember his name? Lazarus. He died. Jesus raised him from the dead, you know. But notice here in verse 25, Jesus said to her, to Martha, I am. Let's just practice that. Say, I am. am. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. That excites me. (laughs) He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. How many of you know that's real good news, isn't it? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He's talking about spiritually there. You understand that? If you live and believe in him, you'll die physically. But you'll go to heaven. And then one day your body will be resurrected. And you'll have a glorified body. Isn't that wonderful? And your, your spirit will come back in your glorified body never to die again. Won't that be wonderful when that day happens? But to get in on that, you've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to believe that he's the I am. I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. That doesn't mean you'll never die physically. We just explained that to you. And then Jesus asked her a question. I want to ask you that question today. Do you believe this? You need to ask yourself that question. It's the most important question you'll ever be asked. And it's the most important question you'll ever have to answer. So somebody said, well, I'm just not going to answer it. I'm going to neglect it. But how many of you know to, to neglect is to reject? I said to neglect is to, to reject. If you neglect the Lord Jesus, in his essence, you're, you're rejecting him. You understand that? I had a preacher preach a message on hell one day. Hell's a horrible place. I could go into all the horrors of it. I won't do that now for the sake of time. But he said, hell being as bad as it is, it's unusually barricaded. And you know, hell is unusually barricaded. It's, un, it's barricaded with the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's barricaded with the empty tomb. It's barricaded with the blood of the Lord Jesus. It's barricaded with Jesus himself, the resurrected Lord and Savior. And in order for you to go to hell, you're going to have to throw the cross aside, the blood aside, the empty tomb aside. You're going to have to throw Jesus aside to get into that place I tell you what don't throw Jesus aside don't throw his blood aside don't throw the cross aside don't throw the empty tomb aside receive Jesus today miss hell make heaven can you say amen Amen. if you go to hell it's the dumbest thing you've ever done did you hear me and God's done everything he can do to keep you out of there all you have to do is say Jesus come into my heart boom that quick you miss hell you make heaven isn't that a good God Glory to God. And all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Somebody said, don't I have to be water baptized? Don't I have to receive communion? Don't I have to pay tithes to the church? Don't I have to do this? Don't I have to do that? No, all you have to do with a repentant heart is say, Jesus, come into my heart. Just say, Jesus. Boom, that quick you're saved. Can you say amen? Oh, that excites me. Glory to God. Then you ought to be water baptized. We're water baptizing people today, but we don't put them in the water till after they're saved. If you put somebody in the water to baptize them before they get saved, all you got is a wet sinner. You know, you understand that. And yet people are trusting in water baptism to save them. They're trusting in communion to save them. They're trusting in their tithes and offerings to save them. They're trusting in their church attendance to save them. And none of that will save. Only the blood of Jesus, only the great I Am can save you and keep you out of hell and put you into God's heaven. Glory to God. I get excited when I preach about Jesus. I've preached about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and Elijah, and Elisha, and John the Baptist, and Peter, James, and John, and Peter, Paul, and Mary. I've preached about them all. But there's something that happens when you preach about Jesus. Glory to God. The anointing of God starts sweeping the congregation. And if the people would get in on that, whoo, glory to God, He'll heal you. He'll heal you of cancer. Those lumps in your body will go away. Those, the, the, whoo, glory to God. That depression that's been dogging you will lift and go away. Glory to God. I tell you, you haven't come to a nightclub. You've come to a Holy Ghost church this morning. Are you glad we're a Holy Ghost church? Glory to God. Whoo, I feel the anointing of God. Whoo. Hallelujah. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him in verse 27, if you want to know how to get saved, this is just one of many verses you can look at. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes. Unlike those Pharisees that 
through wanting to stone him, she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come in the world. Is this a saved person right here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She believed that he was the great I am. Now, notice in John 14, 6. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to God except through the Lord Jesus Christ. I keep saying that and saying that. But I didn't say it. He said it. I'm just repeating him. And people get mad at me because they think there's other ways to get to God. And they get mad at me because I say Jesus is the only way. I didn't say that. He said that. I'm just repeating him. Did you hear me? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And verse, or chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He is the what? He am the what? He am the what? The vine. Say vine. You know, to, to, to have life running through your body and running through your spirit continuously, you need to stay, I mean, you need to stay hooked to something, right? The branches need to stay hooked to the vine. And so we're the branches. Jesus is the vine. We need to stay hooked to him. Did you hear what I just said? I am the what? The Vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me. You need to abide in him. You can't abide with him just hearing me preach on Sunday morning. You need to stay in him every day of the week. Stay in the word of God a little bit every day. Amen? How many of you like to eat just one time a week? You don't want to eat just once a week. Even the little kids up here know better than that. They want, they want three squares a day. Is that right? And so people oft times live on three hot meals a day, seven days a week, but they wonder why they're spiritually in the, in the shape they're in when they're just getting one meal a week. And if they don't go to a church that's a Holy Ghost church preaching the Word of God, a lot of times they'll just get a measly little old lukewarm meal and they wonder why they're in the shape spiritually they're in. No, you need three squares a day. Glory to God. Oh, the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Somebody said, I'm real busy. I don't have time to get in the Word of God every day. Well, how many of you take a shower every day or a bath or something? How many of you do? How many of you know just a couple minutes in the tub or in the shower? Now, I don't take, I don't take baths. I believe you're just laying in dirty water. I take showers. But if you take a bath, that's fine. But I tell you what, I've come in from cutting grass sometime, and I smell like something the cats drug in and the dogs wouldn't play with. Has anybody ever been in that shape besides me? And you know what? Just a few minutes in the shower can make all the difference in the world. Is that right? A little dab will do you. Is that right? And I tell you, I come in from cutting grass. My wife looks at me and she just looks, goes the other way. But I go in the shower. I'm just in there just a couple minutes. And she's ready to kiss me again and hug me and all that. So just a little dab will do you. Well, the same thing's true of the Word of God. Just get in the Word of God a little bit every day. You see, the devil will try to get you to think you've got to stay in the Word of God ten hours a day. No, just, I tell you what, just like in the shower, a little dab will do you. Just get in the Word of God. How many of you know two minutes would be better than nothing? Is that right? Just get in the Word of God. It's so powerful. Just, just, a, just, just, just some, get, a sum's better than nothing. Is that right? So stay, stay hooked into that vine. I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. How many of you want to bear much fruit? Then stay hooked into the I am, the vine, you see. And then he says this, he said, for without me you can do nothing. How many of you found that to be true besides me? Without him I can do nothing. 
I've particularly learned it in the healing lines over the years as we prayed for hundreds and hundreds, even into the thousands, thousands of people. And, and, and we've seen so many healed. Not everybody's got healed. Somebody said, you haven't got everybody healed. No, first of all, I can't heal anybody to start with. Those people that are coming here on the 20th, they can't heal anybody, but it's the power of God on their life, you see. But you get into the, some of these healing lines we've had over the years, I'm totally helpless. If the Holy Ghost doesn't show up, I'm totally helpless. Absolutely helpless. I'll tell you one story. I remember, can I tell you a story real quick? I remember uh, there was this girl in our church, young girl, teenager, and uh, she had anorexia. And she was going to die. I said she was going to die. And, and, and as I prayed about it, I could see in the Spirit. Somebody said, what are you talking about? See in the Spirit. Well, come to that class. We'll, we'll teach you what I'm talking about. I'm going to be teaching starting on the 30th. Is that right? Starting at 6.30 till 8. We go four weeks, four Wednesday nights. We'll, we'll talk about what, what, what we mean on that. The Bible says the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. You need to learn how to flow with the Holy Ghost. But I could see as I prayed for this young girl, she's going to die. She's not going to live. She is skin and bones. I, I kid about it now. I mean, she looked like she looks skinnier than olive oil. How many of you know who olive oil is? Now, those of you who don't know, I can't help you. That's Popeye's girlfriend, skin and bones. And she was olive oil and going the wrong way. And they brought her into the church service. And there were many people lined up up here. And they had her at one end of the line. I started at the other end because I was trying to put this off as long as I could. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got to her. See, without him, I'm helpless. Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I can't help her. And so, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so, because uh, you can see she's, she's going to die. You can see it in the natural, but you get in the spirit, you can see she's going to die. She's not going to live very much longer. And so I remember I started on whatever end of the line was opposite where she was, and we go down the line, and I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to her. And so I figured, well, when I get to her, I'll just pray a general prayer. I, I, I don't know. Just pray a general prayer, and we'll go on. And when we got up in front of her, uh, what's known in the Word of God is this, the discerning of spirits kicked in. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And he showed me. Now, you think about I'm not smart enough to think this up. He showed me. He said to me, the Spirit of God, right on the inside, said it's a lying spirit that's got a hold of her mind. Now, it wasn't in her spirit. A demon can't get in your spirit, but it is a Christian, but it can get in your mind. And it got in her mind as a lying spirit. Now, you know, you think about it, and it makes perfect sense. Anorexia people, you know, that are skin and bones, when they look in the mirror, now they're skin and bones, they look in the mirror, and what do they see? They see that they're, they think they're fat. Now, that's a lying spirit, isn't it? See, the Holy Ghost revealed that to me. And so we were able to take authority over that demonic thing that got into her mind. And we, we cast it out. Can you say amen? It left her. You could see her face. The whole expression on her face changed. And from that day, she started gaining weight. Can you say amen? And is alive today doing well. Isn't Jesus wonderful? But you see, I, I don't I, and we've got, I could stand up here from now until about 4 o'clock this afternoon and tell you one story after another how God has helped people in, right through this ministry here. But I couldn't do it myself. It's the Holy Ghost and being attuned to Him. You, see, you understand that? Because without, without Jesus, I can do nothing. But thank God we're not without Him. Thank God we have Him. Thank God He'll, He'll show us things to come and we can help people. Aren't you glad of that? How many is glad of that? 
And that life was saved. That, that, that life was saved. Glory to God. That's outstanding, isn't it? Is that outstanding? I see Lucia out there. Holy Ghost told you something before it happened and got you ready for something and helped you marvelously. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? There's no way I could have known what, what lay just out in front, but the Holy Ghost knew, didn't he? Is that, and that happened, right? Amen. We won't go into the details, but didn't the Holy Ghost help you marvelously, wonderfully? But I can't. I couldn't help her. Holy Ghost had me tell her something that lay just out in front. Just out in front, just, just weeks ahead, and got her ready for something, helped her get through it, came through it, all, uh, helped her all the way. Through. Can you say amen? amen? But without him, I can do nothing. nothing. I didn't know I was going to get off on that, but I just felt I needed to encourage you that the Holy Ghost is still in the healing business. He's still in the delivering business. He's still in the helping business. He'll still heal you. He'll still set you free. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody might have needed to hear that today. Now notice if you would in John 18 verse 3. Well, I get into the Word of God, I lose track of time. You get over in the Spirit, you lose track of time. Have you ever had a minister start preaching and you look at your, he's getting ready to close and you look at your clock and and you're watching, you think he just got started. Well, you get over in the Spirit. See, there's no time over there. What you don't want to do is look at your, is, is look at your clock and two minutes has gone by and you think he's been preaching for, for three years. Now, now you know, you, you get, didn't, neither, nobody's in the spirit then. Is that right? Look at John 18, verse 3. Then Judas, how many remembers Judas? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to copy him. Having received a detachment of troops, you know how many, how many men were here? This is when they were going to come arrest Jesus. Do you know how many men were likely in this troop? It wasn't like you see on television where they have four or five uh, 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 servicemen, guards coming to get Jesus. You know how many was in? At least 600 men when they came out to the garden to take Jesus. 600 soldiers. Now that's important because of what I'm going to share with you. And officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. But in the original Greek, the he's not in there. You know what Jesus said to them? He said, I am. And you study into what he said when it wasn't just... I am. It was emphatic. It, the, the study books bring it out. It was emphatic. When, 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 when he said, I am, he didn't say, I am. He said, I am. Don't you want to serve somebody like that? He's not afraid of these people. He said, I am. And, and Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with him. And when he said, now watch this. When, now, how many of them are out there, these guards with their weapons and lanterns and torches? There's at least 600 and plus. And when Jesus said to them, I am, notice what happened. They drew back and fell to the ground. The power of God hit them and flat knocked them, knocked them to the ground. Can anybody say amen? Glory to God. I mean, he said, I am, and the power of God leveled the whole group. Glory to God. They didn't have any catchers in the, in the line or anything. I, you know what I mean by that? Jesus didn't have to push on him. You ever see a preacher try to push somebody down? I say, on all that, if it's the power of God, let it be the power of God. You don't need catchers. Let the power of God knock somebody down. Glory to God. 
I watch preachers try to push people over in prayer lines. It's just a bunch of fakery. I don't like it. But let the power of God hit somebody and let the power of God level them. I've seen the power of God level some people over the years. Glory to God. And when he said, I am, the power of God just, just swept through there and just leveled every one of them right down. And then Jesus said to them, he said, if you read on, you can see. He said, now, who did, can't you just see Jesus standing there looking down at these guys that came out to take him captive? And he said, uh, now, uh, who did you say y'all are looking for? You ever think about that? Blesses me because Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down and I take it back again. Glory to God. Glory to God. Isn't that exciting? Power of the amen. Now look at, look at Mark 14. I'm almost done. Look at Mark 14, verse 61. I'm almost finished, but just stick with me here a little bit longer. Mark 14, 61. But he kept silent. Now they see from there they take him uh, before the Sanhedrin. And notice here in Mark 14, 61, he kept silent, answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, Jesus, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And he said, what did he say in verse 62? I am. And you'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore See, you're either going to believe it or you're going to get upset. Now, these people here, when Jesus said, I am... Notice what happened. The high priest tore his clothes and said, what further need have we of witnesses? You, you've heard this what? This what? This blasphemy. See, if Jesus isn't who he said he is, it is blasphemy. But he is who he said he is, so it's not. He said, you've heard this blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be, to deserving, of, to be deserving of death. Then some began to spit on him. Now, I have better sense than to spit on Jesus. How about you? They spit on him. And to blindfold him and to beat him. And they said to him, prophesy. And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. Did these people get saved right here? No. No. Jesus said, for the sake of time, I won't read it. But you can look it up in John 8, 24. Maybe they can quickly throw it on the screen. But he said this in another place. He said, he said that you'll die in your sins. Now, I don't want to die in my sins, do you? He said, you'll die in your sins if you do not believe that I am. Might do you good to look that up, John eight twenty four. If you do not believe that Jesus is the I am, you will die in your sins. Let's don't die in our sins. Let's believe that He is the I am. Notice Matthew sixteen verse thirteen. Turn there if you would. Matthew sixteen thirteen. One thing I can never be accused of is not giving you the Word of God in this church. You do get a good fair dose of the Word of God, don't you? <laughs> Matthew 16, verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say I am? And I want to ask you today, who do you say he am? Who do you say he am? Who do you say he am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. The son of the living God. Just like Martha said a while ago, uh, Peter said the same thing. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Was Peter a saved man? Yes. Did Peter die in his sins? No, he didn't. And then, I don't have it in my notes here, but, but then he went on. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Is that right? And, he's, and, then, and then what he did is he called Peter a little rock 
And then in the Greek, he called him a little rock, but then he said on this big rock, it's two different words, he said on this big rock, I'll build my church. Did you know the church of Jesus is not built on Peter? It's built on the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. That's what the church is built on, the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. You have to know that he's the I am, that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. How many of you remember the rich young ruler? How many remember him? You remember him? He came to Jesus. Let me just teach you something real quick. He came to Jesus and he said, good teacher, listen to me. He said, good teacher, what, what thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There's none good but one and that is God. You remember that? Now that used to trouble me when I first read that. I didn't understand why Jesus said that to him. He said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's none good but one and that is God. Now hold that, I'll come right back to that in a minute. Then Jesus, he said, you know the commandments, and then he quoted about six of the commandments. Is that right? The rich young ruler said, all these have I kept from my youth. Remember that? And then Jesus said, go sell what you have. He said, one thing you lack, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Take up your cross and follow me. And remember what that young rich man did? He was grieved and he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. I like to say it this way. The great possessions had him. Remember that? How many remember? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Two things you need to get. First of all, Jesus. Well, second of all, second of all, Jesus was trying to get him to see that he hadn't even kept the first commandment. What's the first commandment? You'll have no other gods before me and that rich young ruler had something before God and what was it M O N I E or no M O N E Y is that right is that right and Jesus was tra- see he thought he kept them all Jesus was trying to get him to see that he hadn't even kept the first one is that right he hadn't even even kept the first one plus you, you keep all, you keep, there's nobody can keep all those commandments. Is that right? Is that right? Jesus was the only one that successfully did it. Is that right? And we can only do it after we're born again and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Is that right? But let's go back to the first thing that Jesus was trying to get him to see. Good teacher. What good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. See, that rich young ruler didn't see Jesus as the great I am. He saw him just as a good teacher. And you can't get saved just seeing Jesus as a good teacher. Is he a good teacher? The best. But if that's all you see him as, is a good teacher, you don't, get, you don't tap the saving power. A lot of people will say Jesus is a good prophet. Yes, he's the prophet. But just seeing that about Jesus won't tap saving power. You have to see that not only Jesus is Jesus the great prophet and the great teacher, but he's more than that. He's the son of the living God. And he was trying to get that rich young ruler to see that, and he never did. And he went away sorrowful because the money blinded him. And as far as I have record of, that young man never did come back to the Lord Jesus. And as far as I have record of, he died in his sins and went to hell. Isn't that sad? The love of money puts somebody in hell. But it does that every day of the year. Nothing should be more important to you than Jesus. Is that right? 
Jesus said, after he was raised from the dead, he said, I'm with you. I am. Realize, say, I am. I am with you always. Isn't it good to know he am with us always? One of the last things he said to John in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. That excites me when I hear Jesus say that. Some blind men came to Jesus one day. And Jesus said, do you believe I am able to do this, to heal you? And, and the blind men said, yes, we believe. And Jesus healed them. How many of you believe that he am able? You believe that? How many of you believe that he's willing? Remember the leper came to him and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And he said, I am what? I am willing. Jesus not only said, I am able. He said, I'm willing. And then he said this in another place. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Is Jesus here in our midst? Stand with me if you would. Heads bowed and eyes closed, standing in the presence of a holy God. I don't need any music right now, just standing in the presence of a holy God. The power of God is here. The power of God is here and the power of God is present to heal. Over these last several weeks, I just the healing power of God keeps man.